welcome to Street Fight Radio, The Basement Show. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Time for a street fight. The socially distanced version. I'm sure Brian will explain that to you uh, soon. But if you're watching right now on the chat, we are doing this via uh, Zoom and uh, still live streaming though. So find us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube if you want to get notified whenever we go live. On Twitch, we're twitch.tv slash streetfightradio. And we've got some exclusive uh, emojis, and we're going to get some sound bites to play. And that's all coming soon to a Twitch near you. Uh, and like we mentioned before, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can use your free subscription and uh, give it to Street Fight. If you're not going to use it for anything, give it to Street Fight. You get one free subscription. And uh, it actually made a huge difference. In the last two weeks, uh, our payout from Twitch has doubled. So we now make $200 from Twitch a month. Um, If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Uh, We are a big, bad community of working people that want to party and make a better world for all of us. And we're spreading this mess across the U.S. And we've been doing it for a long time, nine years now. We've been the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. Uh, My name is Brett, and my co-host here is Brian. What's up? I'm at home. It's weird. It's weird talking to you remotely. Actually, it's not. We've been doing it a lot lately, but it still feels weird doing this show. I just almost, I almost nosedived that uh, intro because it felt like it was a practice run. Cause when I looked up, you weren't there. <laughs> so I was just like, what, who am I talking? Who am I saying this to? Yeah. It feels, it, it's very weird being in my office and not like, I mean, cause we've been doing a uh, 10, a hundred million tons of steel uh, remotely, but there's somebody else on the show at that time. So if it's just me and you, we've been in the same room you know for years now so yeah it's it's definitely weird i guess uh i should explain what happened sunday uh uh it's not like a big thing you know uh uh friday night at about midnight my wife was like uh my wife hadn't been feeling well and she visited an urgent care and they told her to like kind of monitor it you know hey you know pay attention to whatever's what what what's doing or no she talked to her doctor and went in and saw her actual doctor and uh, they sent her home and then and this is not covid related at all none of this has anything to do with covid-19 she uh uh then at about midnight on saturday or on friday night was like you think i should go to the emergency room and i am of the belief that if you think you might should go to the emergency room you should go to the emergency room <laughs> you know uh- I'm with you on that, actually. Um, I'm I'm not a hypochondriac, and uh, I don't have that anxiety about stuff. Um, but it's it takes a very some very hard lessons and watching some some people do some stupid shit to avoid the hospital, you know. And that's if it, I, if it's over financial things, like that's going to always be what trumps it. But uh, yeah, I mean, if if you if I ever feel that way, if, but like as soon as you say it out loud. Like, I think I should go to the hospital. It's like, let's just go. Let's find out because that thought is very serious. You know, I agree. I agree. Like, it, it's just, there's so many people that I know that like, uh, uh, are like, should I go to the emergency room? And then like, 
nah, I shouldn't go. I, I mean, like really dumb, like logic for it too. Sometimes they'd be like, well, you know, if I can think, if I think I should go, then I probably shouldn't, you know, it's not right. important. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're waiting for an ambulance at that point. You're, you're waiting to like, you're waiting to like, just go to sleep and then wake up in the hospital. That's the only way you're going to end up there. Right. And that's, so I was like, uh, uh, yeah, let's do this. And, uh, uh, so I drove her and then they were like, you know, I can't go in and it would be stupid for me to go in. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, no. Why, why risk the exposure anyway, even though, uh, uh, they do test it. They only test people that are going into the emergency room, but they test all of them. Yeah. So I think they have a good idea of if somebody gets in there and they have something, then they know who the people were and they wear masks and, uh, uh, you know, they're tracing that sort of thing in regards to like what is coming in and out of the hospital. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I looked into it and I mean, they have separate wings for the hospital. It seems relatively safe. Uh, this is just like an over precaution. And it's also like we didn't have to work on Sunday night. So it's like when you get to play hooky, but for real, like when you actually got a good excuse for hooky. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I took her, it, you know, I, it really was like a thing, though, that was very hard for like, you don't want to make this stuff about you, you know, but like I, I, I felt really bad that I couldn't be there with her. You know what I mean? Like that was oh, yeah. really rough for me because I mean, I just, people who know me personally know that like she has sat in the emergency room with me many long nights, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If, if I know you don't keep tally because it, it would probably hurt to see that data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've definitely been the one that's gone more than her, you know? Right. And that was tough, man. That is a really tough. I think she was telling me, which she wasn't telling me that night because you know, it was real late at night and I was like kind of trying to get some sleep because they had said they were going to admit her. And she told me yesterday or maybe it was earlier today, whatever, it doesn't matter when she told me like, it's actually like kind of nice to be there by yourself. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because like, <laughs> you know, you don't have to like, you know, you can just go to sleep as soon as whatever happens, you know, and, and like, you're not managing the other person's feelings. Like you're not sitting there. Like I have to entertain this person or talk to him. Like you just want to be quiet and sit there in your misery or whatever it is. You, I don't want to like feel obligated or, or feel like I can't do what I want uh, because my family's sitting there watching me, you know, <laughs> right. And so holding my hand and saying like, I will never leave your side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she texts me uh, while she's there and she's like, uh, they gave me morphine. And I was like, well, now you're just having like a hotel night. Like that's kind of something I want to do, but uh, she's okay now. And uh, yeah, it's I mean, all fixed and uh, everything's okay. And the call-in show will happen Sunday and uh, uh, we're just being cautious. And I didn't find out till the day that they tested her for COVID. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like I yeah. didn't ask I did because I assume well, why would they it had nothing to do with her lungs or any of that stuff so I was just like why would they they should I mean they should be testing at people when they go to the grocery store I mean literally if you leave your neighborhood you should get a test like there needs to be more people just need to be taking them for fun is what where we need to get to because <laughs> there's not enough of it going on she's been tested twice and for some reason the one at the hospital she said was 
fucking brutal. I think she got the uh, up the nose gimmick. The full, you know what I mean? She got yeah. the full boy in there. <laughs> Brain tissue. Yeah, because uh, she said I, that I, like the woman was apologizing and it's like, I'm sorry, I have to touch the back of your throat with this. I'm like, ew, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I uh, I have to say also that staying the night in a hotel bed on morphine without my family is seems like a nice little COVID vacation in this day. And like, that seems oh, like a man. good getaway. You have no idea how I was kind of jealous. Like, like I was kind of, I, I don't want to feel bad or anything, but I do like morphine. So it would have been like, you know, I was kind of like, man, she's fucking, you know, she's laying in a bed. Although uh, she wanted water the whole time she was there and, and you're not allowed to bring water in. And uh, they kept forgetting about her. Oh, God. And, uh, she didn't get water. She got there at midnight. She didn't have any water the whole time she was there. She asked for it right when she got there. And then she got it at 830 in the morning. Yeah, that's a that's like a devil's curse to that to that little enjoyable thing there. It's like you get to night in the hotel on morphine, but no water. Like right, and and like that's the thing though. That's something where like if I had been able to be there, yeah, I could have got her the waters. You can't just get up and leave at COVID times. You can't just get up and walk out. You're not like freely walking around the hospital right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, it was, it was uh, a weird weekend, but everything's okay. We'll be back Sunday. So you ain't got to worry about us. Everything's good in the Quinby house, but, uh, Gwen's back at school. So, wow. uh, I thought I'd hit that a little bit. And, and um, virtual school. Yeah. Virtual school. She is, uh, taking over half the studio over here office and, uh, is doing the work in here. And, uh, uh, it doesn't to me sound like it's going swimmingly it oh, does no. not see <laughs> i just she's just i and and i've seen these stories all over twitter too today too it's just like the teachers are having a really hard time with the technology which yeah. makes sense you know there are some teachers that like probably aren't technologically inclined i and and then like uh um there's a lot of surveillance going on weirdly like apparently there is something on their computers that they get from school that uh, lets the teacher know if they get up and walk away from the computer. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. I've heard about some of this also mouse clicks or they can see if like the, if, if uh, the, the browser window is pulled to the front. Yes. They started yeah. getting into that with work stuff early on in this. Your boss could see who, who was like had another window open was Facebooking or something. See, that's why you need a whole other thing. Yes. You know, and, and she's in, a, you know, now that we're talking about this now, she is in a room with a, a desktop computer. <laughs> so she does have a whole new thing. Uh, uh, she did say that she's certain that the boys are playing uh, uh, PUBG or, or Fortnite or whatever. They're, they're like, or no, they're playing NBA 2K20, but they're, they're definitely playing because like she said, they were they on the first day of school they were trash talking each other in the chat and got oh my caught. god this is so tight man see we didn't get these experiences 
I'm just in a Shakespeare class, and then people just start like putting bucket emojis, you know? Said, yeah, she was like, it just said, oh, you got somebody got the dub in the chat. And they were like, the teacher was like, what are you doing? Yeah. There, you, there will be no passing of the rock in this chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, they actually, yeah, she said the first day the teacher had to make a rule no trash talking in the chat. And it's like, because you're not going to, you can't, there's no way you can get these dudes to like not play because it's probably not, they're on a Chromebook that is the one the school gave them. So they yeah. have a, probably a whole other gaming PC and they're probably sitting at the same desk with the gaming PC or the console and they are holding you. I'll bet you if you made them keep their mics on, you would just hear click, 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 clack, clack, click, click, like the, yeah. the controllers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, but for m a lot of work at home parents too, that's they're doing that the same thing. Like they're pretending to be in a meeting, but also, you know, leveling up their character. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I like that. I mean, you know, obviously, I want my kid to pay attention in school, but like, I also understand that like trying to get a teenager to pay attention in school is like a, a fool's errand. You know, <laughs> like. You, if they want to pay attention, they're going to pay attention, but like, it's kind of impossible to get them to, if they don't want to pay attention, you know? Well then it's, and it's also like all, all of his behavior just transfers over to a digital thing. It's not, it's not a completely new landscape. Uh, these same goof offs are going to, we're doing the same. They, they had their phones and they probably had their phones play, uh, out playing, you know, PUBG. Yeah. I think it it's harder to do. I think it's actually harder to do that though when you're in class. You know, sure. like it's I, I I'm sure they've all developed ways to get it to work, you know? But like I feel like this would be a good experiment for us to do. We gotta get like 20 teens, right? And then uh we even 18, 19, 20, we gotta get 20 people, Brett, and then you know, we got to go in and, and stand in front of the room and talk for like a half hour and then try to catch all the people that are using their phones. Because I think <laughs> I could 100% catch all of them. Every okay. fucking one of them. True, true. It would be very easy. Right. I don't know. I, I still imagine there's some sort of tomfoolery. You can still calculate. You can still play uh, drug wars on those calculators. Oh, for sure. It's Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I think you can play like Mega Man on those things, can't you? Probably not. That was oh, probably like a a bridge too far. All we <laughs> had was text-based stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess like uh, uh, the the first thing I wanted to talk about, Brett, is uh, the only news story this week because neither one of us are going to talk about the DNC. Just no way. Although, what? did you watch it? I mean, I don't know. It's a... Uh, I didn't watch it. Hell no. <laughs> no, but I, uh, I love that video. The Steven stills video. Is that, I don't, I didn't, I watched a few videos and I was like, Oh, the one I sent you. Yes. The closing, the closing for one, for one of the nights. Cause it's happening right now too. Right. Right. Uh, bad. I mean, that didn't look real. Okay. Yeah. Um, the blue was off. It was some weird color green. And like somebody pointed out uh, online a million times, it looked like a sociology textbook that would say like, you know, America, 
Uh, but the funny thing, like Billy Porter, fine. Steven Stills just comes floating in with his yeah. sa- his saggy jeans on, no ass, saggy jeans, looking horrible, didn't dress up, couldn't even put on a fucking collared shirt for this, to play this song that is just so generic. It's been the song for 70 years now, I guess. Like, And it's already, like to me, it's a Burger King commercial. Like, what is the, what, let's I see what's happening what, here. Oh, God. Two patties on a bun with some cheese and bacon on top. Like, it just sounds like a commercial for BP Express or something. Like, it's such a tired fucking song. And it's, it, I, I, the thing about it is uh, it made me question about who I'm voting for. <laughs> I, I kind of want to stick it to him. I do. I'm, I kind of want to just say no, like a big round no to that. Uh, I do. I want to say no to that too. I mean, I probably will say no to that, but uh, uh, I'm not going to vote for Trump. That's not what I'm saying. But like, what corn? That's corny. That was very yeah, cornball shit. So corny. Uh, I mean, that's what they're good for. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I thought I, yeah, uh, for some reason I was thinking about that that Fleetwood Mac song that they always like to do. The don't stop thinking about tomorrow. I I 100 percent. Like that, I, I is a hundred percent a Democrat song to me. The don't stop thinking about tomorrow. That one is yeah. like pff, build thought, back better again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe how bad it looked. You know, there was one more clip, and uh, since we're at a diminished capacity to to do the things we want to do, I can't play it, Brett. But holy moly, did I see! A really great Amy Klobuchar clip. Did you see that one? Uh, the behind the scenes picture. Well, no, I wasn't looking at her feet. Oh. Uh, um, no, the during her speech. Oh no, they, no, I didn't see it. So one of these libs posted like Amy Klobuchar slayed tonight. Like was just they were saying like look at this burn she gets in on Donald Trump. And, uh, uh, you know, she, I don't know if you know this, maybe we talked about it. She's very famous for having told the same joke through the whole primary <laughs> uh-huh. about Trump's hair. So she starts telling this joke. She's like, uh, Trump is trying to defund the, uh, trying to defund the post office, but he might not want to do that because he's going to need a change of address form in a few months. And then she goes, she does that thing that people do when they tell a joke that they're really impressed with. <laughs> like after, you know, the thing I'm talking about. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> he's going to need, he's going to need a new change of address form in a few months <laughs> and then moved on to the next part. It was just like, that was perfect. That is yes. the Democrats right there. Yeah. Love them. Yeah, so still undecided voters, uh, as always, on Street Fight Radio. Can't wait to see what the uh, RNC has to produce. You have to call yourself undecided if you're in entertainment so that uh, CNN will have you on as an undecided voter, which is (laughs) always my goal. We want to sell sell street fight shirts to Republicans and Democrats. (laughs) Yeah, who said that? Who was Michael Jordan? (laughs) Republicans buy Jordans, too. (laughs) He did. He did. He did. Well, I'll, yeah, 
And then if we get on, I mean, we're going to make shirts that say undecided voter for undecided voters, too. We're also going to make shirts that say, uh, oh, I don't yeah. think I'm going to vote this year. Maybe Once we for the Green Party candidate. What if we did? We could do a stunt. We could do a publicity stunt where we just come out and say, folks, we're just dang pickled by this like we we really don't know where we want to go we've been hardcore leftists for so long and we're so mad and and we really got to be swayed <laughs> you know and we'll we'll go either way and then we'll see how many how many uh, interviews we can get it's like kevin costner in that movie except for like he wasn't asking for it and we are we're like no interview us i'd love to tell you my opinions yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but uh the big news today that happened was uh trump canceled goodyear do you see that have you seen this have you heard of this um yeah i i think i saw a little bit of it um i saw some uh like occupied democrats pages showing trump inside of a car with goodyear tires i know? mean what are you gonna do there you can't like what do you do when you immediately yeah. Like he just decided to cancel them today. He can't retroactively erase all the pictures of him in Goodyear <laughs> cars. But it is funny and it is like a really good unfair jab at him, you know, what I mean? which is yeah. fine because he's always unfair, you know. Um, Goodyear, uh, I like Goodyear just because it was uh, like some of the best Formula One racing was on Goodyear tires. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, hats and shit that say Goodyear, like Ayrton Senate ones. So uh, I'm fine if, if he's against it. I, I, I'll take up a, a pro. I'll do a protest against Trump and buy a Goodyear hat. Yeah, I, I like the blimp. Like, I, I, you know, I'm more of a I like that Michelin man. Someone was talking about the Michelin, Michelin man, like why you would trust him. And I, I thought Michelin man looks pretty trustworthy. Yeah, I mean, I could never figure out what he was, which bothered me. You know, it's like well, a bad, that's like a bad logo where you're like, is this guy like a pile of white tires? He, well, he was because tires used to be white before they started putting carbon in them. I thought it was rich people tires were white. No, that's like uh, white walls. You no, know what I'm saying? No, that's that's from the 80s or whatever. That's from the 70s or restores. No, it was uh, they were originally just all white tires, and you'd have a, you would have a black strip. I mean, you would drive over the road, and the white would get black where you drove, and then you'd have white walls on the side still. How do we uh, uh, get white tires now? Are those like available? They're less trustworthy, man. You got to have the black shit they throw in there and like radial. You want to have like all that extra junk they put in them now. Dude, I but would that's drive. why you can trust the Michelin man because he's organic, 100% organic, natural, unvulcanized rubber. I, I would drive a I would drive a car with white tires on it. That would that oh. is like a look, right? There. That's like yeah. a look and a half, dude. Yeah. Yeah. What ha where are those at? Yeah, I don't think they may. I mean, I can't believe nobody's decided let's make some different color tires. I get bike tires. I have pink bike tires right now. On your bike? Yeah. That you ride? Yeah. I don't know why I'm acting all surprised. Like, Brett, you wear pink? What's what's going on here? I got a green bike with pink uh, graphics on it, so I put pink tires on it. <clears throat> ah. A Nishiki. So, so what happened was... Goodyear announced a ban on MAGA hat. You're not allowed to wear MAGA hats at work. Okay. You know, which that's fine. You know, um, I, 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 I mean, not fine. I don't want to say fine. You should be able to wear whatever you want to work. I don't believe in uniforms 
I can't fucking stand uniforms. What I'm saying is, like, I don't think that a business would want a MAGA hat guy, like, standing at the counter at, at the place. And yeah. only because, you know, a bunch of your customers are going to be offended by that. Like, it's not, it, they're not taking a political stand. They're like actually taking like a no political stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This PC bullshit is, uh, is, uh, stomping all over Americans first amendment rights. I mean, but if I, I would like to fight this in court, right. Yeah. Then, uh, uh, you could start being like, well, you know, my political beliefs are, and then like, you know, female body inspector hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I have to wear this. I politically believe in uh, uh, whatever a funny hat would be—just a, a cool snapback, maybe. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the Cookie Monster hat. The Cookie Monster hat. Yeah, you you could really start getting away with wearing cool stuff to work. But uh, yeah, he tweeted today: uh, "Don't buy Goodyear tires. They announced a ban on MAGA hat." get better tires for far less this is what the radical left democrats do two can play the same game and we have to start playing it now so they have decided now that they're gonna goddamn do fucking cancel culture over there yeah i, I mean what about um is it all it's just all hats or all personal hats have been canceled no, they probably aren't just MAGA hats. There's just too many goddamn MAGA hats around here. <laughs> I mean, would I would believe that. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> like they're in Topeka, Kansas and Akron. So uh, uh, I'm fairly sure. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Under acceptable. So a Goodyear employee at a plant in Topeka, Kansas shared a slide that he came that he said came from the company's corporate office in Akron, Ohio. The slide reported by WIBW showed two categories, acceptable and unacceptable. Now, here's the thing. You can't believe these people. You know what I mean? Like, th this is, so zero tolerance. What is acceptable? This is so not real, Brett. This is something. Uh, zero tolerance, acceptable, Black Lives Matter, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered pride. Unacceptable. Blue lives matter. All lives matter. MAGA attire. Political affili affiliated slogans are material. Wow. Good. That is a good year. <laughs> it is. <laughs> now I'm going to dim. Yeah. I think uh, wh who, who uh, I think I might. I don't know who makes the continental tire. That's the, that's the tire I have on mine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got to get rid of those. Now you got to go. Now we have to, you know what? The Democrats do cancel culture. So the Republicans are going to do cancel culture. And you know what the Republicans do? They buy a bunch of shit because somebody said something they like. So now we got to go and buy extra Goodyear tires. Yeah, yeah. It's up to all of us, you know, folks. Uh, the, the voting is one way to win this war, but buying our way out of it, that's where our power is. Fill all of your woodsheds with Goodyear tires. They burn just the same in the case of emergency. Goodyear, Goodyear, increase production. 
we're going to buy so many tires, you're not going to know what to do with them. And you're not going to be able to. And then we're going to dump them in like a river because we don't know where to put them. <laughs> and uh, I will proudly uh, wear my Black Lives Matter shirt. And I expect everyone at the register to do the same. Yeah, it's actually Goodyear. This is real. Because uh, I got the Goodyear uh, uh, response to Trump's post. Uh, Goodyear is committed to fostering an inclusive and respectful workplace where all of our associates can do their best in a spirit of teamwork. As part of this commitment, we do allow our associates to express their support on racial injustice and other equity issues, but ask that they refrain from workplace expressions, verbal or otherwise, in support of a political campaigning for any candidate political party, as well as similar forms of advocacy that fall outside the scope of equality issues. So are there videos of people slashing their tires yet? Is that happening on TikTok? Uh, I don't think so. But I mean, that's funny if they are. I haven't seen. I don't think I don't think they're going to do that anymore because we keep making fun of them. You know? Yeah, they I think, you know, after you've burned most of your possessions and everything you like is no longer available to you, you, you do have a period of reflection. Yeah. Yeah, you got so, a lot of extra time to figure out what you're going to do besides get angry at a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So good on you, Goodyear, I guess. Actually, you know, I don't like Goodyear anyway. Yeah, you know. we have to drastically draw down the amount of automobile manufacturing <laughs> parts that happen. <laughs> yeah, less tires. Let's have less tires. Let's hope Trump puts Goodyear out of business <laughs> at this point. All right, see, another vote for Trump. <laughs> that's not a vote for Trump. That's just... I mean, what it is crazy that the president like that, that was the news today. And then also the news today was that uh, um, they asked him what he thinks about QAnon. And he was like, well, uh, I hear they're uh, good people and uh, they like me. So it's fine with me. And then the guy is like, well, they also think that like you're taking down a global cabal of uh, pedophiles and, and Satanists. And then he responded, so like, is that a bad thing? <laughs> it's just like holy shit he's nana like he has the same information that your grandpa has that that like your, your who would be considered your racist uncle has you know what i mean i don't know i feel i don't i don't i i'm surprised he doesn't know it as much i i think he's let i don't know i think he may be holding back some i'm no, surprised he, that he doesn't know he has to know about QAnon. Like they make all those crazy videos of him where he like turns into a giant locomotive and smashes through, you know, Joe Biden's trailer and shit. I mean, do you think he likes those Ben Garrison cartoons? You think he like looks at those and feels like really good about them? The uh the ones where they make him like a Oh big yes. Buff I'm sorry. Guy, you know what I mean? Where he's riding the motorcycle with the beautiful hair and he's all buff. He's yeah. like scoring touchdowns. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to love that. You would love that, Brian. Fuck yes, I would, dude. That would be my shit. If people just started making cartoons about you, like saving the souls of a bunch of lost children uh, with, with the power of your comedy. That's true. That's true. Okay, now I feel really good about it. So uh, uh, I think he does. So uh, uh, I got something that's maybe a little longer, but... Uh, do you want to do that first or what did you have? Um, I have a, I have a, a little list of stuff that somebody sent to us. 
Okay, let's let, let's do that, and then uh, we will. I want to cover uh, this week, and maybe not all of them, but a few. Uh, I found a list of conservative parables that I thought we could look through. Oh, Brett. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, the chat rightly pointed out uh, the Goodyear blimp though has to stay, right? I love that goddamn thing. And and what I'm going to we- tell you the truth about the Goodyear blimp, like uh uh. I really only like heavily support it because I hope to someday get to go in the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> well, I think that we could probably turn public transportation into Goodyear blimps. That's true. That's true. I like just the have Goodyear them, blimp. Just swing, you know, like a couple hundred feet up above everybody and, uh, you know, drop us off. I watched something with Katie the other night where a guy got in a hot air balloon. And I said that a really weird way, syllable wise, a hot air balloon. But, uh, we were talking about like, I was like, it's pretty wild that people get in those. And, and like, I do not think I, I, I think I'll say right now, like, boy, I, you know, if somebody bought me a hot air balloon ride, I would do it. I, you know, even though I'd be really scared, I would do it. But like, I can't, I say that every time about roller coasters too. Like before I go to the amusement park, I was like, you know, you don't die on a roller coaster. It's going to be fine. I don't know what I'm so scared of. I'm just going to ride them this yeah. time. Yeah. And then I get there and I look at them and I'm like, I'm not fucking getting on that thing. Uh, you know, I watched uh, uh, some people take off in a hot air balloon from a park uh, and there was a point where it was like, oh, this is really magical. And then when they got a hundred feet up, I was like, man, you're donezo if you fall from there. Like as they got higher and higher, I'm like, this is stupid. Like, this is a bad idea. (laughs) That's what I was telling Katie. I was like, you know what? I hate to sound like a weirdo and a coward or whatever like that. But like they're in a fucking wicker basket, you know? And how many times I've sat down on wicker and just fucking demolished it. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully he's a good wicker. I mean, is there good wicker? I mean, no. And if you're running a hot air balloon tour, you're not going to get the finest wicker for your basket. Oh, no. You're you're getting it imported illegally. Um, yeah, the balloon. There's no way the fucking balloon, like the carnies that run hot air balloons, are gonna. They're gonna be the ones. They're one carnies that don't cut corners. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think maybe I would. I guess there's there's a hot air balloon festival uh, they usually used to do up in Delaware. I never got to make it. I wanted to go check it out. Uh, but something it's, something about the heights on that, I just doesn't add up. I just for me, I, are you afraid of heights? I never thought not at of all. That. No, not at all. Oh, you're just like it's you're in the same boat as me, where it's like, well, it's a fucking wicker basket. I think and, and I'm just sort of. I, I actually I took skydiving off my list too. I Why? wanted to, I wanted to do it forever. It's just like I don't know. I like there's a the the way the game of life works. Like at an earlier age, I feel like you got more roles. Like you got more risky roles that you can take. So some of the stuff I just got to cross off because like you know a uh, hot air balloon accident would be like a just a a perfect way for me to go out. It would just be weird and wild and out of nowhere it created a big sensation for the show it just seems too likely to me 
It just makes me sad to hear you say that, dude. Because I would, I, I, I want you to skydive. It's like there's this thing that you've always wanted to do, and now you're just like, well, I'm, I'm 35. I can't do it now. <laughs> it's like, oh, because <laughs> uh, like I all the stuff I wanted to do. I, I mean, again, I'm not a fucking thrill seeker kind of guy, so there weren't a lot of things like that. But like. I guess like the only thing I can really compare to that is like I'm 41 and I still get in mosh pits, you know? Sure. I mean, but the danger levels, I don't know. Yeah. That, I mean, there's definitely, a, but you do like the first time you skydive, you, you skydive with somebody like uh, uh, attached to you. Yeah, I know. You know. I know. But I just always, I have this now. I just really something about, uh, I don't know the internet or something. The way that my brain story makes is that like, I just think of like really dumb moments where someone does like something does something stupid on accident and you're all like, oops. And then you're just lights are out. You know, like I just think of like, Oh, I'm in this hot air balloon. Oh shit. Tripped and fell or, Oh, the operator, uh, forgot to do this forgot to change his panel and as we're figuring out then we just become a ball of fire <laughs> yeah i mean i do see that that that's i mean like I, that's the kind of stuff i comical would... death like i just imagine i'm just now expecting a comical death like it's just going to be like slipped off my bike and then you know i'm gone <laughs> i think i know why though i think i know why with you why is that like a story that i know about your family uh, growing up is that you lost somebody in a very highly publicized that's true plane crash which is like nobody get like that was a part of like i mean that's like a huge part of you growing up and like yeah. there's a lot of other stuff tied to it damn and probably it does make you feel like i mean that person didn't get on that fucking airplane from florida and expect to die you yeah. know <laughs> And yeah, so, uh, that's true. I'm, yeah, well, that the, now you're thanks for the therapy. It's what oh. must be working. <laughs> no, I just I mean, that is like that has to be right. It is. You're, no, it is. I mean, I just mull those moments over like just because we get on planes all the time. And it's just like you imagine being mad or just like looking over to your friend and be like, they, there's no there's no fucking uh, rye chips in this goddamn checks mix. <laughs> fucking sucks, dude. And you're like pouting about it. <laughs> and then the, you fucking die yeah <laughs> yeah i agree man i'm with you i i mean and air i don't think flying in an airplane is a huge risk which is why it doesn't no. bother you but like you know when you skydive or get in a hot air balloon it feels like you're like really piling on the risks yeah you know? the wind is like a factor like <laughs> a fucking airplane controls the wind but like a hot air balloon is at the whim of the wind oh i never even fucking thought about that dude you could just like they could, it could just start blowing and you would like, just keep flying <laughs> yeah you you can't just you can't just say like I want down. <laughs> Maybe they put a big rope ladder in it so that you can climb down if it gets a little hairy up there. I'm just freaked out about wicker. It's just okay. I'm a wicker guy. It doesn't hold up too in the sun. Like they're getting as close to the sun as possible, and that wicker breaks down immediately. It's bleached <laughs> out after one season. You leave it outside, and it's donezo. Yeah, and if yeah, you call it's a pile it, of sticks. 
If you're associated with the show and you're a hot air balloonist, uh, uh, I would love, like I said, I would love to go to the place where you take off in the hot air balloon. And I would also, I would get in the hot air balloon and go up. Now, but you're, that's coming from me on the ground currently. And I'm very brave when I know there's no chance that I'll ever be in a hot air balloon. All right. All right. Smart, smart move. <laughs> so uh, what, what was the list of things? Uh, let's see here. This comes from Drake P who sent it on the Patreon messaging system. Uh, I like that. They say, <laughs> this is very technical. Uh, this comes from Inc.com. It, the title of this is New Study Shows Troubling Disconnect Between HR and Employees. What? You think? You think? They're not managing their resources correctly? Because, I mean... I, that's that the first, would, first I've heard of it. That would be HR's fault, 100%, right? I mean, they're in, we're, they're in charge of the human resources. And we're... Sh- just sheep that are doing exactly what they tell us. Yeah. We're the resources. We're the company's resources. None of the blame can be on, on the uh, workers. This is all 100% a failure of HR. Also, I think it's funny because I've read a lot, you know, I read a lot of these stories from an HR news perspective, you know, like I read a lot of them from that and they really like, I, I mean, they really know how much you dislike them, I think, <laughs> as part of it. And uh, uh, they know that y- you don't trust them. And I don't think anybody really does trust them. I mean, they, they are in an impossible position. Um, it's an awful position uh, to, to take. But it's like you have to be an extreme rule follower for the worst possible people that are trying to grind the resources into dust, you know? Well, and also like you are protecting the interest of the company above all else. Right. You know, like that's the part of it that would be, I I think would be soul sucking. It's the parts where you're like, no, I understand that shit. I understand that like you're having that like it's not your fault or or something like that, but like we can't have this in the company. We, we have to fire you, and it's like uh, uh, you know, when put in a customer service situation like that, it sucks. So it only stands to reason that like you know that that job. I, I don't know. I just think that the only time you come in contact with them is when you're in trouble and when you get hired. And, yeah, and, and and this is the answer to union to a union. This is like because the 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 because an employee is just a resource that needs to be managed. Um, we're told that getting to deal with HR is the most liberating work experience there is because we can be judged on our own merits and all of that shit. Right. And yes, exactly. And it like, also means we can be shoved out the door for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, and it's a friendly. It's like a, it, it's supposed to be a friendly relationship, but like there probably aren't a lot of time in history where management and the workers have had like a good relationship. And there's a reason why there were unions, you know, because we, we pretty much have dis, we, we understand that there is no relationship to be had 
with yeah. management. You know, not not like a healthy, good, you, you can't fair expect, relationship. You can't expect um, you can't expect uh, managers to have the best interests of the of the employees ever. There's no there's no reason that the company would hire somebody to have employees' best interests in mind. Yeah, that's uh, they're they're shooting for not that. Like they're shooting for the lowest possible uh, uh, amount of benefits and and money in order to make the highest possible amount. Like it's like you are an inconvenience to to them. Yeah. To 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 the people at the top. It's like we're just an inconvenience to them. It's like God. I wish we didn't have to fucking pay them. Oh, we have to. Well. Come down to HR. We have to pay for you to get your fucking teeth cleaned and your eyes checked and all of that bullshit. So yeah, I have to yeah. walk you through this. I have to walk you through your uh, your your retirement. You know. Yeah. I. Oh God. That that's another thing that just like you jogged in my head because holy shit, man. Like the other times I saw the manager was when she was just the the HR person at at the cable company is when she was just fucking taking so much heat for like a, one of the, we're cutting your uh, insurance benefits. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Hey, yeah. you know, we're raising the cost on your insurance and uh, we got to do a meeting, but it's like, it's not all bad. You know, we have like a lower price plan where uh, the insurance company actually picks your doctor for you. And uh, so there's that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't know. I also remember um, I worked at Abercrombie uh, after they had gotten trouble for some racist T-shirts, and part <laughs> of the, after after the court case had closed on a racist T-shirt lawsuit, and part of the mandate was diversity training, and so you had HR and Abercrombie, the the worst fucking people in the world coming in there to tell you how to be sensitive and shit and how to, and, and the whole time I was just offended. Like, how about you first? How about you change what's this fucking workplace here before you start telling us, uh, you know, that we're the problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I would love to get my hands on some of those diversity training videos, you know, just this or any really HR videos. If you can get us HR videos, please send it to streetfightradio at gmail.com or, you know, message me on Twitter or Brett just or the Street Fight account, like whatever way you can get a hold of us. If you can get your hands on human resources videos, any of them, we would love to see them. You know? Yeah. So uh, here's what it says Employee experience is a nebulous phrase. It has become a buzzword with companies claiming that their employee experience is better than the next. Turns out, HR professionals and employees don't actually agree on what it means. They share such differing, differing experiences at work that it may impact company culture. Oh, just may. Uh, Topia, an HR tech company specializing in managing distributed workforces and global talent mobility, issued a new survey, Adapt or Lose the War for Talent, Why Your Employee Experience Needs an Upgrade, conducted by Method Research. The survey polled 1,000 full-time employees age 18 to 64 at large enterprise companies in the U.S. and U.K. Here are four indications that HR and employees are not the same, not on the same page. I mean, did that gobbledygook make any sense? It did make sense. And first of all, the name of this company uh, or, or what they do. Topia. Like, you, 
yeah, method and research. They, yeah, go into like when they said what they do. Like you're reading it and you're like, Topia, they're a, uh, the. It's an HR tech. It's oh, shit. I fucked the f- second word up. <clears throat> Topia, an HR tech company specializing in managing distributed workforces and global talent mobility. That is a fucking <laughs> ridiculous thing to say. That Imagine. Is, so, so what do you do? What do you do, mate? <laughs> you know, someone just says that. <laughs> uh, you know, we specialize as an HR tech company. We specialize in you know managing distributed workforces, global talent mobility, uh, adapting or losing the war for talent while your employees experience needs an upgrade. Some guy has a fucking swimming pool and six sport cars because he's decided that he should open a business that does whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> and this, nobody knows what that is. Like, that is not a real job. When I look at that, where what it's saying right there, that doesn't even feel real. Like, the dystopia really is a bunch of fucking companies that are trying to figure out how to deal with the workers that have like names and missions that nobody knows, like that nobody could ever understand or see through, you know? Yeah. And, uh, this has also been, I think I've, I've noticed this just from following business news over the past couple of years, this, uh, adapt or lose the war for talent. Um, this whole thing of like, you, you need to really take care of these people, uh, it's gone beyond, you know, ping pong tables. Like they, they are really just trying to do more like psychological warfare on employees to trick them that it's a good place to work. But you know, I they're, do they're like, what's the next thing is like a, a vegan vending machine that that'll, that'll do it. Yeah. And the writers, I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm sure the writers that are writing these articles probably feel like well, I, I think this is a press release, right? Oh, yeah. Like this is 90% a press release. But uh, I think that like the people who write this might have like lofty, like they're kind of like, you should give your employees a raise if they deserve it. You should give them money. You know what I mean? But yeah. like in practice, I mean, they just don't do it. They did. You're right. They give you a fucking company picnic that they, that like they, my, you know, when my wife started and they had a company picnic at Kings Island and then the next year it was at Bob Evans farms. And then the next year it's just in a fucking park, you know, yeah. a free Metro park. All right. So let's get, well, that's coming later. I, I can read that one. Oh, <laughs> um, you didn't see that. I'm going to do them in order here. Company picnic um, should be Cancun. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I'm going to go to Atlantis. All paid, ex- all expensive pays to Atlantis. Is Atlantis uh, the sexy one? No, it's that like big theme. It's like a big, it's like an island that's also a water park where like you can go down slides and like there's dolphins and sharks and shit that swim by you. Shit, I wonder if I can afford that. <laughs> I, I hear it's, I, I think, I don't know. I you have to look it up. I'm sure it's terrible. I don't want to suggest it's a good idea. I was making a joke about it. It's like spending like four days at a fucking TGI Friday. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, it's a mall. They're going to, it's probably, it's probably all the food is paid for and you get all this like cheapest food that they can make. And then it's like the, a cruise the, that you don't yes. have to yep. get on a boat for. And buckets of beers are only $40 for six or something, you know? <laughs> Ooh. 
Ah, that's the beers when a panic I, attack. I did one cruise and it was like was really cheap, but the beers were like fully six dollars for like a Bud Light. It was six dollars, and you got a bucket of them, and they didn't give you a discount. It was six for thirty six, and you spend fucking three or four days on it just chugging beers. Yes. To oh, that's hell. Eighteen a day to keep the the doctor away. Oh. Um, HR believes employees are happier than they are. Who would have thunk it? I mean, that is fucking nuts. Oh, well, <laughs> you want to get startled, Brian? Yeah. Here's a startling stat. Only 17% of employees give their company an exceptional rating for employee experience. Every one of those employees like, like don't take a lunch because they're trying to become the next level manager. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's like every, 17% is probably like, the people that own the company, the people that make like $250,000 a year and up, and like uh, uh, the people that are like hustle and grind culture well, people. Yeah, or people that, you know, or even like, I don't, I mean, these are probably big companies, but I also think the happy people are the ones that like uh, buy like a trailer that's like an hour away and they, they have like a two hour commute every fucking day and their, their mortgage payments like $700 a month. But, you know, all they do is uh, commute and work all the time or they, yeah. Or they have like a, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought you were saying like, there's also the people that make like just enough money to have like their, their dream. Like my parents are a good example of people who like make enough money to like live their dream because their dream is like, <laughs> Not that, not that fancy. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I just want to have a camper and a Miata and a fucking uh, 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 hot tub in the basement, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm happy. If I got the hot tub, if I got the Miata, I got the camper that's at a campsite that like, I don't have to take care of. Uh, uh, hey, you know, life is I'm good. happy with my job. I, I mean, I probably, I think I have the same exact goals as your parents. No, you don't. <laughs> well, you do have, you are into campers, but you're, you're like looking at a hip one. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna make it into a tiny home. Uh, oh Jesus, <laughs> not at all. Uh, so it says companies must address the unmet expectations felt by their employees, and that starts with awareness. And oh wait, I'm sorry, I, I cut it off. Sorry. What's more, what's more, employees are twice as likely to rate their company poorly <clears throat> compared to those on the HR team. Suggesting what? a considerable disconnect in perceived employee experience versus reality. There you go. Sorry. Unbelievable. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that. I mean, HR is like, I've only heard great things. This is crazy. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Everybody comes in here. They say it's a pleasure to see me, and then that uh, they appreciate everything I do. I, I just don't get it. Fucking yeah, exactly. They're like because yeah, they want to keep their job. They're sitting in there like, this is a fucking great place to work. I don't know why people would even be mad about it. This is gr I love it here. And it's like because they can take they get to like have one beer at lunch while uh, uh, the people in the warehouse are pissing in bottles. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the lunch also the, the office gets to uh, get get um they get a lunch from any restaurant they choose and the warehouse gets pizza party. <laughs> it always be, little Caesars too. It isn't like, uh, they go it, all out. No, I remember when I made it to the office though. And I got it. I, I took that power as soon as I had the chance. 
Like they were like, ooh, the sales floor is getting, uh, you know, Donato's again. I kind of, I'm kind of want some Thai, you know? And then we yeah. were all like, yeah, let's, let's get a separate order going. Oh, I was going to say, there's no way you got Thai in an office. Yeah. Um, we had a, we had a small, cool office. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause like my wife talks about what goes on when they're trying to like set up like a, a, a lunch and uh, it just, like basically she gives up she's just like okay fine chipotle or uh uh buca de beppo that's like nice. the two places where it's like it's just safe because everybody likes spaghetti yeah 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 all right companies must uh, companies must address the unmet expectations felt by their employees and that starts with awareness and curiosity from hr says euclides j marin head of solution engineering at nakisa his name is euclides you don't want to be- know that you don't want to know also what people actually think like they they don't really want to hear yeah well happens. let's that's that's you would hear that's your advice. Nikisa says, uh, the engineer Nikisa says, HR professionals must find a way to obtain honest feedback from their employees about what changes need to be made internally to satisfy employees and provide an exceptional experience. A great way to do this is to collect and track employee sentiment and feedback. Just get like one of those IKEA buttons where people can leave when they're leaving. They can just hit a frowny face anonymously if they want. Some HR person is going, he's like, they just read this, you know, they just read this thing and their big suggestion is let's hook them all up to a lie detector test and just question them. I don't (laughs) like what the problem with that would be. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did. You know, we had a, a, a one of these meetings at, at the cable company and it really did work out in a way where it was like uh uh it was the guy denny uh he's he was the guy in new york right like okay he's the top is level guy he's very big time right and denny was like uh 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 coming in for four days he was going to be around columbus taking a look at stuff and the managers just they went fucking nuts because denny was coming you know yeah uh, uh it was just it was like really horrible but then what they didn't know was that denny was going to get little groups of the employees like basically the service technicians and all together and then the installation people all together he was going to take them in a room without the manager and ask them what their issues were with management wow and uh the next day management uh had a like a way different attitude for about two months <laughs> yeah oh sure <laughs> like he scared him i'm not saying that like he was a good guy yeah, yeah i'm just saying you know if you can if you can figure out a way to get people to open up and really talk about their feelings that is actually kind of worth something yeah i mean i i don't i mean not if i i don't think it's uh helpful to like the kind of uh one-sided authoritarian workplace that we're used to though no (laughs) i guess no yeah i mean and 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 again it also is like they should address it dress it and you know something i've learned just out of all the jobs i had was that like uh even if something is addressed 
you can never expect this the your job basically changes every day you know nothing ever lasts to even more than like two or three months down the road because they just tinker and tinker and tinker with the uh, uh, processes and try to get more efficiency out of you. So it's not, it's like you basically, that is, that is the perfect argument for a union where it's like, we need somebody that's constantly communicating these concerns instead of a bunch of people that work in offices right next to each other that like haven't talked to anybody except to hire or fire them in six months. Well, and like you're talking about the, the big VP comes out and uh, all the employees are like, we hate the managers. They do all this stuff wrong. Uh, and, and then the, he tries to, to, to say this information to the managers to convey it, but then also wants the same results. You know, like what if you went to your managers and were like, hey, we're all worn out and uh, we, we can't keep up productivity. Like they'll just say you're fired. <laughs> like there's yeah. no, like we, they don't care. They want you to get your job done. Uh, like I've always said that you are costing them money. They, they, they see of you as every hour you're there, you're costing them money and they want the most they can get out of you. Um, and they don't care about your personal health or life or any of the other shit involved. They just need, they just need you. You're a need resource. Work. For them. They want the work to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so number two is HR feels more pressure than general employees to hide their true selves. And I'll, I'll, oh, read the, bull fucking pucky. <laughs> I'll read the whole thing. Just in recent months, diversity and inclusion. And then it says in parentheses, something that this is something to know, maybe D plus I. So there's probably going to be new developments and uh, probably a new global workforce for the D plus I industry coming in the next quarters. I'm guessing. Oh my God. <laughs> so it says D plus I, um, diversity and inclusion has become an even more important topic of conversation <laughs> for business. Almost everyone agrees that D plus I is an important part of what makes a good employee experience. I love my D and I. Whenever I get to work, I'm just like, give me my D and I. Not not D and I and then my coffee. D plus I. (laughs) D plus I. Hey, what's the D plus I index look like today? (laughs) Just wondering. Uh, I'm not seeing the, the enough D out there or I. So I want you guys all to like talk to each other about and see how we can fix that. This is kind of funny though. That it starts with that. And then the second paragraph, I, it feels like kind of a leap. The problem is one in four employees do not feel comfortable bringing their authentic selves to work, fearing if, if colleagues knew certain truths about them, such as their political beliefs, it could harm their career growth. It can though. It can. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but I was thinking, I was thinking, I, I didn't, re, I didn't receive the career growth part, but I was thinking like when they're talking about authentic selves and like their D plus I, they're like, we want to have Buckeye fans openly working next to Michigan fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we want everybody a- to be proud of their team. That's why we let you pay a dollar every Friday to raise money for, uh, you know, the, the food bank so that yeah. everybody can show their team spirit. You know, it's funny also the part about like, they don't want to say their political beliefs because they feel like they'll get in trouble. I mean, part of that is because you're specifically discouraged from talking about unions. So if you are a leftist, right, like you just, if, if you want to keep the job, you have to sort of hide certain parts of your, uh, uh, ideology and belief system, you know, but like, also if I was a manager, 
I don't think there's anything that you could do to have me get over the fact that you're a Trump supporter. You know what I mean? Like you could completely change all of your beliefs. That would be fucking great. But if I'm looking at who to uh, uh, promote, if you are like way into Trump, like you're definitely not ever going to get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the Goodyear model. Yeah. Uh, that is plus i the good good year model of dni but do you see what i'm saying with like it is like a real minefield like they're saying like oh these people can't express their political beliefs but it's like it's constantly politics like permeates in every single part of this relationship you have with your job and, and and just also, uh, yeah, also the type of people that do HR are fucking awful conservatives. It's just uh-huh. doesn't, it's going to attract a lot of I don't think it attracts them. I don't you know, I'm sure there's some people in there, but I, I can't imagine it attracting uh, any like worker or labor rights type person. No, it's and, a lib job. I think it's a lib job. It's really? like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like the hip lib. But I might be wrong because, again, we've talked about this person we know that worked HR, quit the job, and I was like, oh, I'm impressed because they worked for Amazon. And it's like you quit. they quit their job because of the ethics of, of coronavirus. You know, they were, like, really let down by how they handled coronavirus. And we were like, Don't that, you know, that's, like, really, you know, that's really admirable. And then, like, we found out that it was, like, because – they took any precautions, I guess, from coronavirus. And it was like turned into to being a pandemic person right. and a uh, conservative it was like, whoa, how the fuck did that happen? You know? Yeah. Well, so I, this is funny because the, the last paragraph says there's a different kind of pressure on HR than general employees to be neutral. So I think of neutral. I, I just think Republican that can bite their tongue. Yeah, I see when I think of neutral, I think of like the people that are voting for Joe Biden to get things to be like they were in 2015. I think of people that um, don't really don't mind enforcing the rules and making someone suffer or cry or hurt uh, and, and can really is just go home and be like, well, those were the rules. I mean, that's what the employee handbook says. You know? Right, but that's also like a lib trait too. True, when you true. think about the fact that, like, they're like this state, Texas, didn't want to do a mask mandate. Now they're one of the highest coronavirus deaths. Hey, enjoy it, you yeah. know? Or, or like the the hey, they closed another factory in West Virginia. How's Trump working out for you? Like, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> That's, see what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. They're the, they're exactly the same, but on like a different. They they just care about different shit, but they're all authoritarian. And how are you going? I mean, how I I don't I mean, I I think that the problem is that we're supposed to do work every day when there actually is like a huge reckoning that needs to happen with our society, um, because like you can't openly say your politics without having someone just being absolutely offended both ways. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And I think, I mean, I think one of it is more ugly and shit is one is it's obviously more ugly, but then I also just think about like talking to people about Medicare for all at work, like caring about other people is also like a very dangerous thing to do at work. 
Yeah. If you were to say like, I'm into socialized medicine, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're not doing that. Sorry. Yeah. That's, you know, it would save a lot of money, you know, for the company. And like, no, no, we don't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if almost half of HR feel they can't be their true selves at work, that will trickle down to employees with all that has happened in 2020. My hope is that we'll see a shift in HR professionals finding that balance of authenticity and objectivity. So they're going to put their, the, their Beatles coin collection on the wall. Right. It's like, what would they do? I mean, when you think of a Trump type person and even like a, a centrist Biden type or any leftist, it's like uh, uh, a lot of your personality is, is politics and ideology and stuff like that. And it's like, don't share that though and it's like well what am i supposed to share i don't like really know what else i can't share that i can't put a big weed leaf on my uh <laughs> desk you know on my, on my cubicle wall yeah i don't know what is open for me to be able to do you know yeah just public domain music just talk about all the public domain music you love yeah oh yeah because if you bring up music and I don't know. I, I like a lot of apolitical music, but there are people that get all up in arms about music, too. Yeah, it's, it's tough to be an HR, man. Is it too bad for them? You know, you can't. I think you, they shouldn't be allowed to, like, enjoy any of that stuff, even at home. <laughs> you think that it just should be like it should be a, a service, full, full service to the company where you just get rid of all personality and, and, you know, just become the mouthpiece like the, it, yeah, it's like the priesthood or something. Ah. Like I'm going into HR. You got to like go through some kind of a, a ceremony. Yeah. You, know, you got to wear some sort of like androgynous clothing that is just hangs on you and is like sexless. Just a suit. Really? <laughs> just, you just wear a suit and you show up. And uh, it's the same suit. Actually, there is there's like a hundred suits. Okay, hmm, no, that's too many. No, I'm saying once once one standard issue suit, right? Well, no, I, what I'm saying is there's 35 of the actual. Okay, there's 50 of the actual suits in all of America, and they're all there's one for each state, and you wait in line. You put the suit on, you get a picture taken, and they hand you a name badge. And then uh, you move along and you sleep at the office. That's like your new home. There has to be like a little apartment off to the side. And if you're HR, you have to go through, like to be HR, you have to go through that ceremony. You wait in line, you put on a suit. They all wear the same suit, the same one suit. <laughs> And you have to recite the employee handbook by memory in front of an open flame and a cauldron. What about just the employee, the mission statement for the company? You know, you have to cite <laughs> your mission statement. Yeah. So, so you'll just get like down on all fours and just say, uh, Oh man, I lost it. Damn it. No. I was going to say the topia thing. You, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I will specialize in managing distributed workforces <laughs> and global talent mobility. Yes. Yeah. And then you have to live what I call the object, the, uh, objective life. Ah, wow. How logical. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can only deal in logic and you can only protect the company. You have to be hyper vigilant to protect the company that you have sworn 
to protect. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is perfect. No, this is just, this is how HR people should be hired, really. Well, uh, here's another thing, too. We could help them out. Uh, we can help out with HR by getting rid of them. It uh, says number three. Employees say they are spending more time on HR-related tasks than they should have to. True. True. 58% of employees are spending more time on HR. Yeah, I just said that. Than they feel is necessary. And on average, they say they are speaking over half an hour longer than necessary. <laughs> you, you, they're literally looking it down. They're like, I should have been done 30 minutes ago. Like they, they have a clock rolling. What's That's, funny is to think about how they got that information, right? Like, they got the information like, uh, uh, you know, Glenn in HR always fucking blabs on and he always has to talk like 30 minutes longer than the meeting even had to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's how they that heard that. data form. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the data of like everybody making all of the complaints you've made about HR. That's uh, 40 million hours per month that employees waste on HR tasks with an estimated 8.15 billion loss in productivity across large companies in the US and the UK. Wow, that's a big deal, Brian. I mean, I don't give a fuck about productivity at all. Like zero amount. We said this about Goodyear earlier. Tires should be like we should stop making them anyway. You know, so yeah, well, yeah we're the done less so. that are getting made, the better, in my opinion. Yeah, smart. Yeah, there's not really like you, the the company never figures out how they the best way to go out of business, like how to like stick the landing. Yes, yes. It's like uh, like reverse the harm. Slowly work on reversing the harm that you did until it bankrupts you, and then run away. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, the last one, you know, we all know this well. It says in big bold letters. HR overestimates how important office perks are to employees. Okay. What, like getting paid more money? Uh, you know, I think people like more money. I think if you have 100% of people would report like getting more money. Uh, a quarter of HR professionals defined employee experience as an amazing office space with great perks, like free food and game rooms compared to only 16% of general employees. Yeah. So I only, yeah. that's pretty low. Yeah. I mean, you want like, I'm thinking like uh, $250,000 a year would, would make people, that's an award that yeah, I think people big, would really like to get. Um, this is, this is pretty good. In fact, this attribute falls dead last in terms of making the employee experience exceptional. Instead, employees say the number one definition of a great employee experience is being empowered and trusted to do their job with little supervision. Yeah. So like we were saying before, let me play NBA 2K while I get these sales. Like, don't yeah. question my methods. I know the handbook didn't say to do it this way and that HR person is about to do a hex on me, but I'm telling you, if you wouldn't have been supervising, I would have been getting the job done. Now I've spent 30 extra minutes talking to HR about this situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, this, I mean, truthfully, the thing that's the saddest about this is that this is fucking right, dude. Like they know exactly what's making people crazy about them and making them hate them. And, uh, but they, you know, 
no fucking connection to how to fix that to us, you know, which is, by the way, getting rid of human resources and having a union is the only way those things are going to get addressed. All right. Well, it's, I, you know, Deb Muller, CEO of HR Acuity, I don't think she'd use that big U word, um, but she says employee experience isn't about free food or parties. Employees are True. craving genuine workplace relationships where they feel safe, no. valued, and their manager has faith in their ability to get the job done. That's well, like none yeah, of we, those things. Let's ignore that. That that can't be solved. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's see if maybe they would like bigger snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's, that's what I was saying. This is just for them. Like, their people reading this are just like, okay, they don't like free food or parties anymore. They're um, they're millennials. They like uh, experiences. Uh, maybe we could do a lottery for an es- an escape room. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. They're just looking to like. First of all, it is perfectly fucking normal to uh, 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 not want to hang out with the people at work Yes, when you're not at work. Like, I don't think that's a wrong thing. I know that they say that it, it, they, they don't want that to happen, and they're like, oh, you're not building relationships with the people you're spending so much of your time with, but it's like just the fact is like, those are you didn't choose to be around those people. That's just where you ended up. And if yeah. you can make friends and have solidarity and all of that stuff, then that's really great. But it doesn't make you weird that you can't, it doesn't make you weird that you don't have relationships with the other people at work. Yeah. And then it also becomes this thing where they're like, oh, you, you know, you can't be upset or dissatisfied with your job ever, you know, like that they just think of that as like something, a problem that has to be solved. And it's, uh, and it's never like improve the quality of the job. You know, their answer nope. is just, you know, try to, to do a little trick to make them happier. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start absolutely. putting uh, let's start putting volume in the water fountains. See, that would actually work though. That would make me happy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, so I got two choices, Brett, and I want to give you these choices for what we're going to do before we get out of here tonight. Okay. All right. I got 10 ways to teach your kids to love America. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Or conservative parables. Um, I have read some of the parables, and I, I got to tell you, they are something. <laughs> yeah. I, I want let's, to... Let's go with the parables. Let's learn. Let's learn something, you know? I, I oh I mean conservative perils are also wild too because like the they just get so twisted anymore where they're like you know there was David and Goliath and they got in a fight and, and Goliath won because might makes right you know like that's right. just like an Instagram meme you see or like how we talk about when they share they they share um they share memes where Bill the butcher is the narrator or yes. uh, um. <laughs> Some, some, but like, uh, you know, they're the people that are like, are, I don't know. They just don't know their characters or they choose some really, they always choose bad people to identify with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. One morning in New York city, a crowd of pedestrians waited for the street light to change so that they could cross the intersection. 
The sidewalk corner was crowded with people as it often is. And one pedestrian stepped slightly into the street in anticipation of crossing it. But at that moment, a messenger on a bicycle was moving quickly through the intersection and was thrown off balance by hitting the pedestrian's foot. The bicycle crashed, destroying it beyond repair. The crowd gasped in horror, but the bicyclist was unharmed. His bicycle, however, had been ruined. One bystander, observing that the fault was due to the pedestrian, wanted to donate so that the bicyclist could buy a replacement. But the bystander could not afford to give him much money. So instead, the bystander took out a $5 bill and handed it to the bicyclist in front of the crowd. Others then followed that example and made donations of their own to the bicyclist. Before long, he had enough money to buy a replacement for his bicycle and was back at work by the afternoon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the story of the broken bicycle, they call it. I like it. Uh, (laughs) Where is this coming from? (laughs) This is coming from Conservapedia. I never... In, I mean, I could imagine a conservative people on a sidewalk uh, grabbing the person that tripped the bicyclist and <laughs> killing them. <laughs> Open carrying and just yes. use them. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he did violence on his bicycle. Get him <laughs> and shooting. And yeah, bullets bouncing off of everything. Uh, never in my life could I imagine a conservative coming out of their pocket for a stranger. Like, I mean, I think they would just look away and cross the street. Most of the time they're, they're not, they're not good with interacting with people and they're not, they're definitely terrible at magical moments. Also terrible, terrible, terrible at like managing a a crisis. You know, it's like, if there's one thing we've learned about them, they cannot measure or uh, uh, manage crisis. They don't deal well in crisis. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad. I mean, that's a great story. I, I mean, it kind of is what the internet is right now. You, people fall down and then you go to a website and people give you $5 to fix, you know, whatever it is. I uh, mean, before law, I think the last sentence of this is truly like, more twisted than the joker before long he had enough money to buy a replacement for his bicycle and was back at work by the afternoon (laughs) yeah that is twisted to me that's the best part of the story are you kidding me (laughs) some some manager somewhere didn't have to call hr to to report that somebody wasn't there he was late though so oh yeah he definitely got in trouble yeah, I mean, he was probably super late too. Like, because this whole process had to happen. Then he had to go to the store and buy a bike and then get to work. So it doesn't wash very well. This is probably a fiction story, I guess. Right. Here's the next one, Brett. This is going to drive, this is going to make our listeners mad. And maybe some of them will be happy. But this one, this one got me. A smoker was in a drugstore to purchase a pack of cigarettes. Short on cash, he emptied all his pockets in order to scrounge up every last penny he had. The cashier counted all the change but found out it was 10 cents short of the total required for the cheapest pack of cigarettes. 
such a weird beginning. No, yeah, he's ten cents short of the yeah. Well, ah, he's trying to buy the cheapest pack of cigarettes. Uh, the smoker desperately turned to the man standing behind him and asked him for a dime. The bystander clearly had a spare dime. I don't know. Probably was holding the is flipping a dime. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, this is my flipping dime. I can't nah. give you this one. Too much luck in this one. <laughs> Should the bystander give this give the smoker a dime so he can purchase a pack of cigarettes? The bystander, who is generous by nature, did something more difficult for him. He denied the request and instead urged the smoker to kick the habit. The smoker then gathered all his change and left the store. Great. I hate that story so fucking much. I thought I figured I didn't know if it was coming in. I remember uh I remember them being pro smoking for a very long time. Uh so I didn't know if it was like, you know, thankfully we got this guy's cigarettes so it could be just <laughs> like so it could be just like uh, the Marble Man. Basically the same. Well, no, because the bicyclist didn't ask for any money. I think right. that's the key between that's these it. two stories. And this is also, this is a parable about enabling. This is like, you know, if your child has, is, has a problem with drugs, uh, you just ignore them, don't give them any money and cut them off until their life gets so bad they decide to turn it around. Yes, this is a, this is a, this is a great tough love story. But it also, it's tough. It's like, because th- I love the sentence where it says uh, the bystander who is generous by nature did something more difficult for him. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> is that really more difficult? <laughs> to just uh, yeah. be like, well, maybe you should quit smoking. I know <laughs> nobody's ever told you that in your life. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, that's you know, sometimes it just takes an angel out of nowhere to save your life from cigarettes. You have don't have enough money to buy them. Uh, yeah, but sure, things are looking up for you. All right, you know, if you didn't smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, you'd be able to buy a house in a year. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I never heard that. Can I have 10 cents? What everybody in this story, except for the smoker, is a fucking asshole, you know, because that 10 cents, dude, just give him the cheapest pack of cigarettes that he came in asking for, you know, it's 10 cents. I know you can't give 10 cents to you could probably give 10 cents to every customer that came in and still only come up short like 40 bucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the number is for coming up short anymore. I'm, I'm very old and uh, I was making $4 and 50 cents an hour at McDonald's. And if you came up $8 short, that's what triggered an, an investigation, you know? Yeah. 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 I had a weird moment. I tried to pay with uh cash at the, at UDF. Oh, that shit. No I shouldn't way. say. And uh, the, the person was just like, I don't want to deal with it. Like they were, they just, they like, they gave me a whole dollar back instead of change. Cause they were like, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that a few times too. Like I've gotten some free stuff, but the change thing is fucked. You know what I mean? We're, they're running out of it. I think it's because people aren't going out. They're not using meters. And they're also like coming home and just throwing their change in a bucket, not using it. But I yeah. imagine that's going to be the way life is 
life had to be trending that way before the pandemic, yeah. I guess, is something. Because it's just like, what do you do with change? Rather than throw it in a bucket and scrounge it together to get a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can do one more here. Uh, uh, let's do the lost $40, Brett. Okay. Um, one day, a teenager received $40 from his father. Now, before I move on, the teenager is the, the enemy of the conservative. <laughs> right. They've been raising all this Nickelodeon that, that tells them it's, it's uh, all right to make fun of adults. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, man, I never thought about that. Is that, have you heard somebody say that or is that something yeah. that made you crazy? No, no, I've no, I know. I, I don't mind it at all. Like, I think it's funny that there are older people that think that their kids like went off track because the cartoons and shows that they were letting them watch all day long told them not to trust the parents. Like, I'm not scared of my daughter's media, you know, in that way. Like iCarly, they think that, well, iCarly didn't have parents. Yeah. That's a bad one. But uh, the oh my god, I'm gonna f I gotta find some of these articles next week because uh, I gotta see this because like it is true that they do teach you that you can like make fun of your parents and stuff, but they do also have like usually a stern speech at the end, you know? Yeah, no, I mean the the whole thing is like goofing off, and then it's like why you can't goof off or have fun? Like I don't. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about at all. Like I, uh, growing up, they had you can't do that on television, and I know that for a period that was slightly controversial because <laughs> it was kids. I mean, you know, the name in John itself is slightly controversial. Yeah, Jonathan Dennis in the chat just posted. My mom wouldn't let me watch. You can't do that on television because it made fun of adults. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was like a, an edgier show. Be like people were kind of freaked about it. And when I was a kid, because it was like, this is maybe this is a little too edgy. These kids are getting over on adults. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, uh, cracking uh, on them. Yeah. Cracking on them. They haven't made fun of this adult shoes. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, I, I wear bad shoes so that they can have nice shoes. I'm not <laughs> going to get disrespected by Nickelodeon. <laughs> what i mean how insecure do you have to be i mean off the <laughs> charts just non-functioning yeah yeah i am i am totally freaked about that like I got, i'm gonna find some stuff about it so anyway one day a teenager received 40 dollars from his father the teenager then had to drive somewhere and he put the 40 dollars on the seat of his car after going in and out of the car several times and driving with the windows open, the $40 was gone. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a teen move, though. If you ask me, like, getting in the car and just throwing 40 bucks on the passenger seat that your dad gave you so you don't, like, really value it very much. <laughs> 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 it's like, ah, I'll just get another 40 you know? And yeah, it blows out the window while you're driving. So, uh, uh, 
this I I mean the amount of money I lost of my parents and then just went back and asked for more. It's like uh uh but they never gave it to me because I don't think they like had a ton of money. So like uh uh you know they were like kind of tight on some of the uh uh of giving us money. They hated giving us money. But like once I actually got a job and I cashed my check and I would have a bunch of money, I lost so much fucking money just losing it and not paying attention to where it was that should only happen once i know i know you know how many times i threw like a bunch of money away because it was like five ten dollars how many times i threw that kind of money away because it was like i was using my pack of cigarettes as a wallet and then you know you finish smoking and you just throw the pack of cigarettes away with the money on it yeah yeah Oh my god! I forgot I used to use my cigarettes as a wallet because I didn't have a wallet until I was like in my thirties. Okay, that's an interesting fact. I didn't know that one. No, I was pretty old when I got a wallet, and then I was like, you know what? Then I tried a rubber band, and then I was like, oh, I mean, I guess one there's of the a, clip wallets. Yeah, say there's there's kickstarters for probably like fifty dollar rubber bands that uh, will do some shit. Yeah. So anyway, this kid loses his money. He searched and searched for it, but couldn't find it anywhere. He then spent dozens of hours agonizing over the last forty dollars, the lost forty dollars, obsessed with having lost it. It bothered him for weeks, even months. He still remembers it years later. One day, he realized that, based on the prevailing wage for teenagers of eight dollars per hour. That $40 was worth no more than six hours of his time after taxes. If he had simply worked rather than worry, he would have quickly found the $40 and accomplished something in the process. So this is a story about a kid that lost $40 and gave up on life. I think is what <laughs> yeah. he never tried to get $40 ever again. It scarred him too bad. Oh man, that is, nah, I can't, I, you can't give me $40. I'm just going to lose it again. I'm a fuck up. I fuck up every <laughs> time I get $40. And I'm like, calm down, Jason, calm down. Like it, it was one time. It's like, it's going to be every time. They couldn't give him more than $40 on his yeah. paycheck ever. Yeah. Like when he got paid, it was like, uh, just, he gets paid $39. Should we give him a raise? We can't like, we'll lose I him. would love to. We'll <laughs> lose him. If we give him a raise, we got to pay him. He can't he specifically said he gets get paid once a day and he can't go over $40. <laughs> 39 99. If yeah. you really want to give it to him. But, uh, this guy did fuck his life up for $40. Yeah, I mean, that is that's I mean, that is a really scary story. Um, I that will make sure that if my daughter ever loses $40. I'm just gonna say it was fucking $40. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, that is a that has so many emotions in that story to me. The lost uh, $40. Because it like it it is like so illustrative of what goes through the minds of, of the conservative. I think especially this where it's like, uh, first it's like a teen who's not valuing the money. It's like this kid doesn't know how to value money. He fucking lost $40. And then like, he, he feels so bad about it. And he's, 
he feels bad about it for more hours right than he could have worked for eight dollars an hour to solve it yeah yeah that's that's annoying too that's one of those things they're just sitting on the sidelines like oh you've been you've been uh, frustrated all damn your whole damn life you're 79 years old now you're almost in a coffin and you've been talking about that forty dollars your whole life (laughs) uh it, but also, it, it is, it's obnoxious because the kind of people that write conservative parables do not know what other people think at all. <laughs> they yeah. have no idea of what another person's mind or what they should or shouldn't do. Yeah. So uh, uh, that is the show this week, Brad. There was, that is the remote show. I had one more. Is it a good guy with a gun parable? There, we, uh, we're going to come back to these. I think, yeah, I like them more often here. Let's just, we can do one more because it's fun. A skinny young man with limited athletic ability had a determination to do his very best and win. Okay. <laughs> what, what is, that sounds like a new, like, um, puppy racing movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, a, yeah, that sounds like a, a middle school movie. It's just weird to call him a skinny young man. He picked skinny is like thin. Say thin. Skinny seems like such a fucking weird word to call somebody. Not for conservatives. True. I'm surprised they didn't go with scrawny. Yeah. (laughs) He picked the high jump event, but could but could clear only about five three. Nowhere near what was needed to win any competitions. But he worked tirelessly, trying all techniques for jumping over a bar. Still, he couldn't improve the point. He couldn't improve to the point where he could win. I, 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 you know, I have like three guesses of where this goes, but since I already know, you know, do you have a guess for, for where this, this, uh, story goes? Um, my guess is that he fails miserably. Um, but accepts his life as a nerd and becomes bill gates oh well you know that would be dark actually but no this (laughs) is this is it maybe it's not as bad it's like the thing i am thinking of is is like that he uh uh well let me read it yet he did not give up and harnessed his competitive spirit to invent a revolutionary style of jumping back first over the bar Though lacking the athletic gifts of his competitors, the young man improved his jumping ability by a foot and more. He began to win and considered his success to be a fluke and his approach to be a... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He began to win. He, the, his peculiar style attracted mockery and name-calling as people derided his technique as the flop, but that didn't phase him, and he continued to jump in the direction opposite to all of his competitors. Despite winning the National College High Jump event, experts still considered his success to be a fluke and his approach to be a joke. I mean, this guy's a winner, and, uh, you know, he's still... Uh, getting ridiculed for being a maverick, isn't it? Isn't that how the way they do it now, though? Well, that's okay. The story of the guy that revolutionized fucking high jumps. Yeah, when it came time for the Olympics, no one considered the young man to have a chance, and his more athletic competitors were favorites to win the high jump event. The whole world was riveted to the television screen as the young man flawlessly cleared every height as the bar raised and raised again. 
when the bar was finally raised to an Olympic record height of seven inches, seven feet, four and a half quarter inches, only the young man and his flop were able to jump over it. He cleared the bar by several inches and won the gold medal in an incredible upset. Uh, virtually immediately, everyone else, including those who had mercilessly mocked him, began praising and imitating his style. To this day, it's known as the Fosbury flop. Well, that's great. Um, I'm, I'm trying I'm to guessing figure that, out. that. Well, it's that's um, that's the old. You can anything you do, you can put your mind to it. You can do anything you want in this world if you just try really hard and never give up. Uh, it always works that way all the time. Well, there's something to the ridicule is the thing like that 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 uh people are going to call you ridiculous for not wearing a mask. Yeah, but for <laughs> and people for, are going and they've been inhale, they're inhaling all of this this mask particles. <laughs> yeah, but and in then, the end they're going to die from yeah. inhaling mask particles. Exactly. Yeah, and then you'll be revered and they'll just they'll you'll be revered as the new um the new facial fad which is the clean face Brett. That's the new <laughs> people keep telling me that nobody has ever made money selling Avon. I am different than other people. It's, Avon's a bad choice. Plexus no, or something. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. all of them. Uh, I actually, this is a, this is just an American Jesus tale. And I watched one of these uh, so-called conservative parables last night. Uh, the movie, the greatest showman. Do you know it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, it, I haven't seen it, but I, right. I know of it. It is a musical that is about the Barnum and Bailey Circus. And it's extremely stylized and streamlined. And it literally starts off, a guy loses his job, and he has this dream of making an oddity show and turns it into the greatest show on earth. And the yeah. whole thing is just a fucking lie about how one person can change the world, you know, with this revolutionary idea and basically just ripping off all the performers. Yeah. The greatest showman was kind of funny too, though, because you know, there was like a really tall guy and there was a short guy and there's a bearded lady and uh, there, and then there was the tattooed man. Yeah. So yeah. like every time they were out there singing about like the troubles of being a circus performer, I'd always like, I was always like that guy chose to do it though. Like he's not man. dog boy. Like he, yeah. he like, Oh no, I had to get my whole body covered with tattoos. <laughs> like no one will accept me now. I'm like my conservative True. parable was like, that's what you should have expected. Yeah. You want to, I want to do this one more, Brett. This is great. A conservative conference was scheduled for September 25th, 2001. <laughs> okay. So expecting most attendees to travel by air. Unfortunately, on September 11th, 2001, there was the 9-11 terrorist hijacking of airplanes and a national crisis resulting in the grounding of airplanes for a week and a widespread panic. Aren't parables supposed to be out about like rabbits and tortoises and shit? <laughs> no, conservative ones. They don't even know what a fucking parable is. <laughs> this is a hey, listen. Let me, this is from Conservapedia. Their tagline is the trustworthy encyclopedia. So, and that man's name was George Herbert Walker Bush. 
<laughs> like, ooh, ooh, wow. Brett, this one, you might want to scale it back just a little bit, like uh, over the heroics at the end of this thing. I just got to tell you, as a result, most conferences were canceled and the few that were held were poorly attended. Airplanes flew nearly empty for several weeks after they were allowed to fly. Though he expected few others to attend, one conservative rejected the objections of his family and flew out to the Congress. He saw only two other passengers on his 140-seat plane. He checked into the hotel and felt that at least he could cheer up the conference. But to his great surprise, everyone else showed up. The other attendees concluded that both logic and faith weighed in favor of traveling to the Congress. To the conference, there was no logical reason for staying home, and faith eliminated any anxiety. In fact, the conservatives did not even waste time discussing their decisions to attend at a time when nearly all of the travelers act irrationally and avoided airplanes. So, that is, oh, that's the lesson we learned. <laughs> we left, I guess we learned something there. You know, yeah, these people, these uh, people go into dangerous situations because they talk to God. So follow them, follow these people. <laughs> yeah, they didn't see it though. They they, they're able to faith. risk it all because of their faith in Christ. Uh, so be like them or shut up. For them, it's like logic if it explains what I want to hear, faith for the stuff that it doesn't explain at all. <laughs> yeah, faith is the mystery that by that holds everything together. Yeah. All right, that's the show for this week. We'll do more of these as as the weeks go on. There's a bunch of them. So yeah, there, I hope there's a whole printed book. I mean, there has to be, you know, there, there's there should one called be a- the Fly Ball or the Story of Two Psychiatrists or How to Deal with Liberal Critics. Is the name. <laughs> Wait, what is that? It's called the Story of Two Psychiatrists or How to Deal with Liberal Critics. Oh God, just imagine, yeah, just imagining like some conservative dipshit trying to do like a pjo work thing where they're like uh thinking they're they're writing dialogue for a psychologist that's trying to make sense of liberal brains yeah welfare there's one called welfare uh uh so um, many good ones yeah there's socialism in the classroom Uh, uh so there's a communism communism short i can i can give you this how do you tell a communist? Well, it's someone who reads Marx and Lenin. How do you tell an anti-communist? It's someone who understands Marx and Lenin. Ooh! Ooh. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so can't argue with that. Communism. All right. Let's. Uh, hey. It's, it's, think about Friday. it. Also, like faith, uh, understanding doesn't mean you have to read it to know it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you just. <laughs> Like a nav, you get a general feel for it. You yeah, you're you, you have you people have told you. You see enough movies, you see enough movies to know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> see enough American Hollywood blockbuster movies to know what happened. <laughs> yeah, or it's like I knew a Russian guy. One yes, time, yes, and he yes. They said it's bad. fucked up over there, man. They said it's really <laughs> fucked up over there. <laughs> like, okay. Um, that's street fight radio. We will be back, uh, on Sunday night. We're taking calls, uh, from you. We've got a lot of people that are going to call in too. So it should be a good night. Uh, if you want to hear more of what we do, head to patreon.com slash street fight radio. And next Friday, we're doing a fundraiser. 
Uh, it's $10, a suggested donation. Uh, that goes towards the staff at Littlefield. It goes towards the People's Justice Project, which is the Black Lives Matter organization here in Columbus. And uh, we'll get some of the money too. Uh, we have spent a few months without touring and it's, it's starting to drag into the bank account a little bit. So this will be a good boost and a great way to, to raise money. Um, this is not a Patreon thing. This is hosted by Littlefield. Um, they were looking to have some of their more popular acts do a show uh, that, that would help benefit them so that they don't shut down and so that the employees there uh, can stay on the payroll. So that's happening next Friday, August 28th. You can go to littlefieldnyc.com and the calendar to get all the information. Uh, it's going to be a one-time thing. Brian and I are plotting the future. We're going to be talking about what to expect in the year 3000 uh, and how we're going to get there. And we're going to need help from everybody that's watching. So tune in. It'll be a good time. It'll be a great break from everything. I actually, I watched that Thursday live stream today, dude. And it was fucking awesome. Uh, it was neat. It, it was, yeah. Ah. They did a live concert and they were like on the stage for part of it. And then they moved to the front, like near the bar and got on stools and played acoustic guitars and shit. And yeah. it was really exciting. Like I was trying to tweet about it and like, and then I just put my phone down because I was getting really into watching it. And it was awesome to know that other people were watching it at the same time. It, it really did have a little bit of a moment of like, this is the first time anybody is seeing this right now. You know, it felt and, and like you think of all the other people at their house that are uh, doing lawn mowers and and uh, kick flips and shit and all that in their room trying to do a mosh pit. Yeah, that sounds cool. That definitely I, ours is going to be very funny. I swear. Yes, and we will see you on Sunday. Peace.